Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast. I am Eric, the man behind ETOF21 Sports. You can find my work at ETOF21 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, TikTok. I know I am tanking on making a TikTok video. But sometimes life happens and I am dealing with life right now. But all good in the hood. You can also find my horse racing plays at ETOF21 Sports underscore horse underscore racing. Wow. I'm not going to lie, huge weekend if you follow the plays that were posted for free, plus 18.94 units total ROI. All wages were risking either one unit to half a unit. Who else is doing that online, just giving out the free stuff? Not many. Speaking, I love the people I see online that say 100 unit play. Max play. Whale play. I mean, everyone's got their own like way of doing stuff, but what everyone needs to understand is when a capper does that, they're just trying to get you guys to buy their little play for the day. There's nothing special. It's just a poor bullshit move. It's one of the biggest scams in the game. And my prices, once stuff gets back up again, are low compared to everybody else's. And... Everyone's like, dude, why you charge such low rates? With what you're doing, you should be charging more. Well, I understand break-even points. I grew up with my dad being an accountant, so I understand numbers. And the more you guys pay me, that raises your break-even point. And like I said, I'm not doing this to like make money off this. I barely make any money charging you guys. And the only reason I do is because people are stealing my stuff Blatantly, blatantly just stealing my shit. And, you know, that's that's not cool with me. And that's why I'm not charging a premium price. You know, if you guys want to make the money, be part of the team. You can have a 25 guys that were on it last year for football. All of them were very satisfied with the NFL numbers I put up. And by me charging the lower price, it's going to make it easier for you guys to hit your break-even point and make money. It's a very simple math that most people don't understand. And when people are joining a capping service, they don't take that into consideration. And the cappers trying to sell you their service don't explain that up front. And, you know, I've always been upfront with everybody. And I'm just being upfront with you guys. That's why my prices are so low. And I mean, honestly, like if I was really trying to scam you guys out of money, wouldn't I be charging stuff? Right now, during the COVID-19, when everything's basically shut down or people are just finally going back to work, no. I'm giving away stuff for free. Hell, I'm giving away my horse racing stuff for free for the year. So, I'm not scamming you guys at all. And I just tell you guys, if you guys are going to like pay someone for plays, like just make sure they're honest. Ask to see their spreadsheets. My spreadsheets are on my website, etop21sports.com. I'll be updating the NASCAR one and the horse racing one later on this evening and putting it up there. They're updated on my Google Sheets. I just haven't posted them yet. But you just got to ask for that. If people don't show their spreadsheets like and their ROI today, that means they're losing money. I'm just letting everyone know that. If a capper is on have it be Instagram, Twitter, or whatever social medium platform and they're not showing their year-to-date, that means they're scamming all you. And 
I would just be very careful about who I would be taking plays from if they don't give you guys a year-to-date spreadsheet. But that was my little rant. I'm sorry I go on these little rants. The next thing I just want to say is just be safe. Um, You know, I have this friend, AJ. She is a nurse down in Chicago. And she went to the protest. And she's a nurse. And if she sees someone in trouble, she helps out. So she was down there, saw someone having an asthma attack, went down there to help the asthma attack person, and she got pepper sprayed by a cop. So she's not there. She's not looting. She's just there supporting the cause, which everyone has the right to do, and she got pepper sprayed. So if you guys are going down to the protest, which if you want to go, I mean, I was down there over the weekend, um, you know, just be safe. Just be safe. But, you know, we have a good show today. Um, Granted, I wanted to put this out earlier, but technical difficulties and babysitting nephews' responsibilities, old man having surgery, a lot of of little shit doing on today. If you guys follow me on the horse racing platform, yes, there were no plays today. I took today off just because, you know, family's always first with me and family needed my help. So let's jump into it. The first thing we're going to talk about is the UFC. Dana White has put UFC in the forefront of sports because he's putting on event after event after event with no other sport going on. He's getting more fans gravitating to it. After the Jacksonville series of fights, everyone was talking about the poor judging and how poor the officials were. So that was kind of a bad light. I've always said that the downfall of the UFC, like it was for boxing, would be the judging. And when everyone saw how corrupt it was, you know, people would tend to get away from the sport kind of like they did in boxing. Well, it's starting to look like the lack of star power is going to be the downfall. I'm not going to lie. I did order UFC 249. But on Saturday night, I went to order UFC 250, and it was 65 bucks, and I'm like you know what, I can just do my recap and watch video the next morning when I'm on the bike. Why would I pay 65 bucks for this card when there's really no one I have, I'm saying, oh, you know what, I really need to watch this person fight. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see the pay-per-view numbers, but I didn't watch the fight live. I watched it the next day when I was on the bike. And I think that's going to be a main problem for Dana White. And now, especially because you got the big stars. I mean, think who are the big stars of the UFC? Triple C. He retired after his fight because he always complained about how much money he was making. The lack of money, excuse me. And he, he retired. And now you got Conor McGregor, who retired for the third time. Let's be honest. I mean... The mystique of McGregor is over. There's a buzzsaw of these younger guys that want to fight him to beat him to prove they're there. I mean, who really can he fight? I mean, if he doesn't need the money, if I was McGregor, I wouldn't fight. And I'll be honest, after he fought and got that huge payday against Mayweather, I didn't think we were just going to see him in the UFC octagon again. And then Abib pimp slapped him. The only fight that would really save his mystique, so to speak, is if he had a trilogy fight with Nate Diaz, 
And I don't really think Diaz wants to fight. I mean, when was the last time Diaz fought? So McGregor's out. That's one star. Triple C's out. That's two stars. John Bones Jones was upset because he said Dana White lied about the negotiations for him to move up to heavyweight. He was so upset, he vacated the light heavyweight belt and demanded his release. So that's another star. And then you probably have the guy whose star power has jumped the most over the last year, Jorge Massa. And he's on Twitter talking about the revenue sharing of US, UFC compared to other sports. And that's really eye-opening when you look at everything and how little they get paid. So even if you have a top star, he's barely getting anything. Think all the little guys on the bottom of the card feel. I mean, their medical bills, I don't think they get paid for. And Dana White's a multimillionaire, and he's the face of the company, the big CEO and founded it. So now you got Jorge, who's bringing together all these issues with the revenue sharing. And also the other big thing about Jorge is they need him. They honestly need him because the July fight card, the weekend around the 4th of July, it's either the week, week of or week before, is always one of the big fight cards for the UFC of the year. And they have no real stars that can, that can go. They have no real stars that can go on that card. So the UFC is in a little trouble right now because they need that, that star where you're going to say, hey, I need, to, I need to buy this fight. Or the star like Jorge who sold out Madison Square Garden. I mean, because you think about it right now, besides those guys I just mentioned, who are you going to watch a fight for? I mean, those guys and Nate Diaz. I mean, that's it for me. Everyone else, I'm not going to be paying the pay-per-view price. Even right now when there's absolutely no sports going on and they're not competing against anything. So Dana's really going to have to sit down and he's going to have to talk with Jorge and their management team and sort something out because if they can't get this U Smith Jorge fight going in July, I, I, the UFC's in trouble. And just think Super Bowl weekend, they had that big setup where there's almost that fight between those two and that fight had all that steam. And I mean, granted, coronavirus hit, shit happens. You know, I understand that, but. All that steam has been lost, so they need to build up the fight again. And they need that fight to happen, that July 11th card. If that fight doesn't happen, that July 11th card, that card, which tends to be one of the bigger ones of the year, is going to look like the card we just got. I mean, props for Dana for creating betting opportunities and giving us an entertainment on Saturdays weekly, but we're seeing a lot more lower-level people fight, and... That's definitely going to affect the viewership. If you don't have the stars, people, people aren't going to turn in. I mean, think about it. Look at ESPN. I mean, are people going to turn in and watch like a Cavaliers Bobcat, not Bobcats, Hornets game? No. That's the same idea. If there's lower level UFC people fighting, you know, people aren't going to turn in. So Dana's got a little bit of a problem. He's going to have to get in there. He's going to have to sort out another sport, which I've been vocal about that has an issue is MLB. MLB proposed a 76 game season 
that would offer a higher potential salary than the last plan, but less guaranteed money to the players. The players, of course, turned down the proposal because who wants to take anything in terms of money that isn't guaranteed? So I understand why MLB wants to try to get the season done by the end of October because everyone is saying there's going to be a second wave of coronavirus. And that's fine. You want to be prepared because you don't want to have it in the middle of the playoffs and stuff gets shut down like we happened in spring. So I understand that part from the ownership. But you cannot give an unguaranteed. I mean, think about it. Even when we buy stuff, like have it be a piece of furniture, we want that guaranteed. It's just the word guarantee gives us reassurance and as soon as that word wasn't included in that proposal you knew it was going to get shot down you knew it was going to get shot down and like I said I just don't think there's going to be an MLB season this year which just blows my mind and speaks to the lack of leadership and speaks to how it's an old sport and it needs to change NFL has changed, NBA has changed, MLB hasn't. And then you start thinking, okay, at what point are the MLB teams going to be, hey, let's just get, get, get some of these AAA players that don't have work anymore. It makes you think. And then what happens? Then does the base, then does Trout and the rest of the guys start up their own league? I mean, baseball is at literally at the crossroads right now. And you don't really know about the future of the sport, what's going to happen. And they need to get the season. Like I've said numerous times, if any of you guys listen, is if they don't play a season this year, baseball is done. Not immediately, but in the future done. When I'm an old man sitting on my porch telling my grandkids about this game we used to play called baseball. And they'll be completely flipping clueless because it's not around. Let that sink in for a minute. You're on your porch with your grandkids telling about the game of baseball, which isn't even around. It's just crazy to think. And then lastly, A, I just want to say that people can have their own opinion and that's fine. But when you listen to people say their opinion, it kind of speaks to what they think and what type of, well, obviously what they think, but what type of person they are. So when Drew Brees made the comment about the national anthem, it really spoke to me and really told me the way he thinks of stuff. Even if you have someone who's a leader of a locker room and is dealing with people of all races, and that is how he thinks. And Kaepernick was never about just kneeling to disrespect soldiers. My dad, who served in Nam, he gets it. He got it then, way back when. And he gets it now. And I, I got it now, got it then. But for Drew Brees to come out there and made the comments he did 
and then the next day cut and pastes an image from Google and has his PR person type that up. I mean, come on. Don't don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. And then you got Jake Fromm sending out that text message talking about elite white. It just blows my mind how naive people are, especially quarterbacks, to think that close-minded. Not even quarterbacks, athletes in general. I mean, it's a 2020, and to be that much of a pea brain, to think that naive of another person, I mean, come on. Come on. Let's open our eyes and let's fucking think and treat people the way we should be treated. And it's been interesting to see, like, what happens with Drew Brees now and that Saints team. I mean, they were lined up to have a good year. Is this going to affect how his teammates compete for him when that rusher's coming and his line just goes, oops, my bad, he lets him get sacked? Is that going to happen? I don't know. But it's going to be an interesting season in New Orleans because I don't buy that apology at all. I don't buy Fromm's apology at all. My dad, who I'm referencing again, he has a saying. He goes, we are who we are. And, I mean, I, I'm someone who wakes up at 4 a.m., works out, researches sports, researches the stock market, and does my thing. I'm not the guy that wake, that sleeps in until 10 and sits on his ass all day on the couch. That's just not my personality. That's just not me. And Drew Brees and Jake Fromm are who they are. And they showed you with their words who they are with their words. So it's going to be interesting to see those guys' careers, Fromm's just taking off, how is it affected, and then also Drew Brees at the tail end. And I also just want to give one more little fantasy tip. I mean, we're going to be having some people on to talk fantasy, and, you know, I just wanted to give one tip because I am working on my draft guide, which, oh, my God loving the intel I'm coming out with. I mean, I didn't know it'd be this much fun making the draft guide. Granted, it's a shit ton of work, but I mean, I'm loving this draft guide thing. So actually, you know, I'm going to say two things. The first thing is, is Delvin Cook came out and he said he wanted a new contract extension. He's not going to play. Okay. I have said it for years, running backs in Kubiak's system. People don't understand. They think that because Stefanski's leaving, that the running game in Minnesota is going to take a step down. Hell no. Are you kidding me? That was all Kubiak and the zone running. They're going to Their running game, in fact, is going to be better now because Kubiak's doing everything and not just coming out with the running plays and the running scheme. That's crazy to think that. And you look at his history of running backs and what people have put up. What was that guy? Steve Slayton? Madison, if he's the RB number one for the first couple of games, oh my God. And if you have a best ball draft, I am for sure taking him. Even in redraft leads, I'm going to be for sure taking him. Just because, like I said, running backs in Kubiak's system put up numbers. It's a very simple concept. The next thing is every year we get all these rookies and everyone always, oh God, this guy's going to go, oh dude, oh, oh. All right, so let's look at this rookie class. You have Taylor, Swift, Edwards, Hilaire, Cam Akers. Those are the four guys getting most of the love. Now, 
look at the draft look at other draft classes not every single one of them is going to put up numbers that's just the way it is so i would be very careful going in on all those running backs for next year you got to look at stuff okay i was very high on taylor when they drafted him but it's a crowded backfield you got naheem hines who can catch the ball you got marlon mack who in college could catch the ball but in NFL really hasn't. And he's in a contract year, so he's gonna be balling. He's because he's paying for he's playing for his next contract. And then you have Taylor, the rookie who's gonna be behind on the playbook because there's no camp. So I would just be very, very conscientious about that and not overdraft him. Then you got Edward Solaire, who's five foot seven, can't run in between the cackles and tag class block. Good luck with that. And then you have Swift, who Detroit backs have never done well. So, I mean, each one of those running backs have questions. So, I would just pick whichever one you think is going to be the best. I obviously feel that Akers is going to be the best, and he would be the one I would target. But I would only target one of the four. And the last thing I want to say is when you do fantasy, you want to get out in front of what you think is going to happen and not chase what happened the year before. That's my final parting word for fantasy. So thanks for tuning in. A little bit of a shorter show today. Sorry. You know, had some stuff I had to take care of today. Couldn't really dive in as much as I wanted to. We're going to be having some guests coming on in the future. Hopefully we'll start that up next week. NBA is coming back, NHL is coming back, MLB is coming back. So, you know, we're going to be having a lot more content, a lot more gambling stuff to talk about. Best of luck if you are betting. We were at NASCAR race on Wednesday. Stay safe. Be smart. And for the love of God, just be nice to people. Don't be fucking idiots to each other. I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Oh, I'll be back on Saturday because we have a UFC card Saturday. I'll be back Saturday with a UFC preview. All right, be safe.